Okay, it's Friday. My name's Carl Monaghan. This is the recovery room. Um, so this is one of my Friday takeaways. These are reflections on things I've seen in clinic, um, patient conversations, and some reflections from my own journey, really, typically. And today, I'm going to reflect on a patient of mine who I've been seeing. Um, I've had four sessions with him so far. Never met him face to face. Um, he's a 22 year old uh, man, male, that's all I treat, uh, from Virginia <clears throat> in, uh, in the States. And we've been having an email exchange this week and there was something that he put into an email um, that I found incredibly inspirational and I thought I'd want to, I thought this would be good to share with the group. So I'll give a little bit of background to the patient and then I'll go into some of the content from the email that we've been emails we've been bouncing backwards and forwards for a couple of days now um, <clears throat> so 22 year old uh, male from Virginia um, in North America he had four years of uh, symptoms by the time I'd seen him so he'd had his symptoms since he was 18 and they were broad and varied and complex and he'd been to a range of urologists and neurologists and had a range of diagnoses from pudendal neuralgia um, to chronic pelvic pain syndrome, chronic prostatitis, um, even post-orgasmic, uh, um, oh no, sorry, um, persistent genital arousal disorder, PGAD, um, and others, to name a few, had been branded around, had been suggested. So lots of uncertainty, not very clear, what was going on for this particular patient. Some of the symptoms, and they're broad and varied, uh, whole body beyond the pelvis, but huge amounts of tension, ongoing 24-7 symptoms, uh, very persistent. So from the moment he woke up to the moment he went to sleep, uh, he struggled getting to sleep because of his symptoms, um, and so would have to medicate, uh, use medication to help to, um, to get him off to sleep but tightness from his neck to his feet, but mainly focused in the pelvis, perineum, rectum, suprapubic area, um, sit bones, uh, pain on urination, tightness post-ejaculation, tightness post-bowel movement, uh, electric shock pain, kind of almost approaching orgasm happening through the whole body. Um, and this would happen particularly if the patient was sitting still. So often he'd have to adjust himself or fidget or move around. Huge levels of anxiety and uncertainty around this. And the patient had used alcohol uh, as a coping strategy um, throughout his formative years in college. Um, it, the impact of his symptoms affected uh, socialising and uncertainty around socialising work, opportunities for work. Um, <clears throat> there was a, uh, I recall, an interview with a former possible employee um, of this patient, and um, yeah, they turned him down. Um, so the impact on relationship studies, work, and socialising was was very clear and very very evident. Huge amounts of anxiety, like I said, huge amounts of uncertainty, masses of uh, medication over the past four years. He'd seen neurologists, um, he'd had nerve blocks, he'd been to psychiatrists, he'd had um, uh, somatic tracking <clears throat> or somatic experiencing therapists, pelvic floor PT, um, and this patient reached out to me to, do, to start working with him remotely via Zoom. 
So we've had four sessions since September 2022. Um, and in each session, as I do with all my patients, they get a bespoke care plan of a range of lifestyle advice, recommendations, suggestions, movements, and we start to build a schedule for a patient as well. So look at important things in their daily activities, their weekly activities, and then build in monthly focus as well. Um, at every session, <clears throat> everything gets upgraded. Um, there isn't a off-the-shelf approach. Every patient's session is completely bespoke to them. Um, and within those four sessions, this patient has seen a reduction significantly across the whole of his body. The whole body tensions are massively, massively down. There's still some focus in the perineum. Um, the patient's not fidgeting or having to adjust himself anymore. There's very little hypersensitivity at all through the body and, and no pre-orgasm feel now, very, very much reduced. <clears throat> He's weaning himself off of Valium for sleep. And with every patient, I ask them for a list of meaningful activities. Uh, now, these are things that the patient wishes to focus on if and when their symptoms go. And this patient is living and fulfilling the vast majority of his meaningful activities. Now, there are some adjustments. There are some... Um, <clears throat> changes to lifestyle that we recommended and suggested or that I recommended and suggested. So I suggested cleaning up his diet. I suggested um, uh, reducing alcohol, managing sexual activity, um, engaging with medica med sorry, meditation and mindfulness. And then I put together a movement plan for him as well. But this patient actually took things much, much more on board himself. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this um, presentation today is just to demonstrate um, how much this patient took his recovery into his own hands. So I've got some of the conversations we've had from the email chain that I'll just read to you in just a moment. But I just want to say I'm hugely inspired by every patient I see. Um, every patient allows me a deeper connection to the complex nature of pelvic pain even though I experienced it myself and I've been treating patients now for 14 years um, I learn something new from every single patient because every patient presenting case is different and unique to them and it's important for me to always try and view a case with fresh eyes and I try and do my very best in coaching and mentoring patients and on occasions like this the patient really takes the ball in their own hands and really truly runs with it. So the patient decided to stop alcohol completely. Now at 22 years old that's exceptional. He decided to stop all sexual activity and again we're just going through a graded exposure return to sexual activity now um, as sexual activity is one of the main triggers of his flare-ups as our bowel movements and again we're just looking at bowel movements and evacuation of the bowels but considering there was a wall of symptoms four months uh, sorry four sessions ago in September 2022 so what are we now that's um three six months ago five months ago uh, a wall of symptoms every single day now the patient is in a far better place mentally physically emotionally um patient wakes up at five o'clock every day to go and train He's changed his lifestyle. He's eating exceptionally clean now. And all of this is off the back of my recommendations, but also his desire and commitment to change. So the quote that he reminds himself of all the time is, most people simply accept their lives, they don't lead them. And this is by John C. Maxwell, who's an American author, speaker, 
and pastor. He's written many books primarily focused on leadership. So these are the patient's words now. I was sitting on my couch in my room feeling really sorry for myself, uh, being in pain thinking about how unfair it was that I had to deal with this, that and that it really does suck. That Then I came to a realisation that prior to then I really had just accepted my life as a pelvic floor victim. I'd done nothing to lead myself out of that hole other than rely on medical professionals to miraculously do all the hard work for me. At this point in my life, I felt my, I feel myself returning to the same quote as I feel like I've become set on a this-is-my-life-now approach to my grandma-like lifestyle at the age of 22. I think that it is important that I keep in mind that this is up to me to lead myself beyond my current restraints. So that was that was something that was a, in an original email, and I said, right, can I build on this? Can I can I use this quote? Can I can I run with this theme? <clears throat> the patient agreed. Um, and in addition to the exceptional changes to this patient's life that he has implemented himself, and also stepping away from things like relationships for the moment, um, sexual activity for the moment. And also moving away from the drinking culture of his friends and those people that he hung around with and he's associated with a long time, who he's still friends with, but is feeling that he is no longer part of his old self because he's making these changes. And that's really scary. That That's stepping away from the, the person that we know ourselves to be. That's stepping away from our egocentric approach of, well, this is who I am and this is what I do is monumental, incredibly, incredibly tough, but incredibly brave at the same time as well. So this is a reply that I received from the patient after I asked him, do you mind if I use this quote and can I run with it with um, with your case history? If I can offer one piece that helped me in my beginning of this recovery journey, it was the idea of what if that inspired me. I know at least for myself, back in October-ish, I was feeling as if I'd run out of options, that pain would be forever my normal, that I'd never be able to enjoy some of the things I used to love. That was when I began thinking, what if I just applied everything I had with no excuse, no BS, and no taking the easy way out toward recovering for one year? Now, remember, the patient had had his symptoms for four years, so his commitment to change here was, what have I got to lose? <clears throat> what would my life look like in 365 days time? The question really provoked, provoked me to start asking myself difficult questions about what I was and was not doing that I could honestly say was in my best interest in terms of recovery and what I was avoiding only because it seemed too hard. A lot of the time in the past I resisted change to my old lifestyle because I spent too much time focusing on what I had to give up rather than what I had to gain. These are not my words, people. These are the words of a 22-year-old. Um, no bullshit approach. To be honest, I only really cared about helping the health in my pelvis. So I asked the patient, in making these changes, in, in um, going dry, in eating clean, in abstaining, in getting up every day at 5 o'clock and going to bed at the same time, not 5 o'clock in the morning, in going to bed at the same time every single night, in just making that massive commitment to change. I said, did you go into this thinking beyond your pelvis or were you pelvic-centric in this approach? Um, so no bullshit approach. To be honest, I only really cared about helping the health of my pelvis. Completely understandable. I have always been health-conscious and I knew that the steps I was taking would impact more than just my pelvic floor, though. 
It was not long after I embarked on my uber healthy lifestyle transition that I began to really start to appreciate the changes that I'd seen from simply practicing proper nutrition and taking better care of my body. I think this is massively important too because it allowed me to, in a way, fall in love with the journey of recovery. And that's tough. That's really, really tough. How many of you just think, I can't be bothered. This is too much. Uh, as opposed to just unhappily grunting my way through workouts and healthy dinners. The new gym I joined also played a role here as they offered body scans that would measure muscle mass, body fat, percentages, etc. So I became intrigued about how I could get, how fit I could get. It's almost been like, okay, I sort of have to try this healthy lifestyle out because if I don't, I'm going to be in crippling pain. I might as well parlay it to achieve things that I'll be proud of. Additionally, I think mindset regarding the whole matter is surely important. For instance, many people struggle to stay in shape going to the gym because they don't have that driving factor to keep them motivated, whereas I know it is, as of now, seemingly my only choice. So I've got to make it work. Essentially, the condition itself has built a lot of discipline that I used to keep growing, that I used to keep growing. Obviously, flare-ups are still mightily frustrating. Pain as a whole is not ideal, and there are still aspects of my life I wish I could change. But after becoming so involved in, in fitness, making sure I reach my goals has become much more important to me. It's like a callus has been built over my mind compared to a year ago when I'm facing a tough situation or flare-up. So now, instead of rolling over in bed thinking, ugh, another bad day, I can't do anything now, I feel more determined to accomplish whatever it was I planned to do. Because in doing so, I can prove to myself that the pain can't stop me, so I don't let it, which is ultimately the most empowering part. Ultimately, the what-if question just keeps expanding as I keep moving forwards and encompasses much more than just pelvic floor pain. I mean, it's truly inspirational. It really, really is. And if, if you wanted a reminder of how tough it is, how hard it can be, but also how important it is to make those changes and to set that goal, that aim, that focus, that pinpoint determination in spite of flare-ups, in spite of tough situations, in spite of uncertainty, in spite of not living the life that he wants right now, he's aiming for that long-term goal, that long-term recovery. Kudos to you. I'm, I'm truly inspired. I hope you are from listening to this today. Um, please do feel free to comment and post below. This is another Friday takeaway from me. My name's Carl Monaghan. I hope you enjoy.